It's Oklahoma Archery. Everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahomans. Let's get it started. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. I'm David Bosca, and we're going to talk Lancaster, and guess who I got with me? It's me again. It's Neil Cooley, y'all's favorite Oki with the draw that's not particularly good at shooting indoor, but we're having fun with it anyways. Um, <laughs> how's everybody How's everybody out there? I hope everyone has safe travels back from Lancaster or safe travels to Vegas, whichever way. If you don't know whether you're coming or going, you got to the right place. <laughs> that's exactly right that's kind of the way it felt um for me this last week i i was i was skipping out on thursday and was going to come back sunday and let me tell you i didn't skip out at all um I, we actually ran into you and the wife um at the airport up here in oklahoma city and it seems like you guys were taking off within 30 minutes after my flight but you were taking a different airline yeah, we, we, I was looking at about, oh, it must have been 6.37 in the morning. I was like, man, that guy looks like Dave that's waving at me. Oh, that's for sure Dave. And he left on a plane within 20 minutes of us, and we land in Chicago, and I get a text from Dave that says, Chicago's shut down. We're getting, where'd you get rerouted to North Carolina and Ohio, and then still ended up in Chicago? Well, initially, it was going to go Louisville, Kentucky, and it was they told us that and it wasn't within five minutes they came right back and said louisville said they don't have room for us. so yeah we were headed to greenville north carolina and we had turned and burned and i mean it'd been 20 25 minutes into the flight headed over there and they come back on the speaker and said look folks we're going to turn around and we're, we found an airport that's closer to chicago so that when it does reopen we'll be able to get to Chicago quicker. So they, they spun us around and we went to Cincinnati, Ohio, and we had to unboard the plane there. And that's what was, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother story there. We stood in line. Uh, when you get there, you know, you can turn your phone back on and then you get, start getting all these updates and American Airlines automatically was re-updating my flights because we were going to miss everything. And they had me landing in Pennsylvania at 8.38 Friday night, not Thursday. So I was going to miss the whole shoot. But they had me going through Boston to get to them. And I'm like, this ain't working. And I was second in line at the counter from this whole plane lined up there. And there was a couple in front of me. And I'm just going to say this once, and this will be the only negativity I have. But they're rude. That's just all there is to it. Though that couple was rude to that person working behind the counter. They they were demand this. They demanded that. Y'all guys messed this up. We demand the same seats. We, we demand this. I mean, it was amazing. And I'm not exaggerating here one bit. The whole plane was behind me. An hour and 45 minutes this lady behind the counter worked with this couple. We all stood there the whole time, maybe an hour and a half, but it was that long. Um, and then I got up there and then the whole rest of the plane was done in 20 minutes. But that couple was absolutely 
that that the, the lady behind the counter deserves a, a star on 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 her attaboy chart. <laughs> but we got to we got to take off uh, within an hour or two and went to Chicago. We landed and. I I was able to jump onto a, a counter right there, and that guy got me a flight to Pennsylvania. And he told me, he said, "Now this is the Chicago O'Hare Airport. We're in Terminal E." And he says, "Guys, he says if you can get to G, I've got one taking off in twenty minutes, twenty five minutes." And I went, "Oh shit! This, this senior old man shooter is is fixing to head through the airport." And I took off, and I'm running up to the counter. And it showed delayed. And I went, oh, hell. <laughs> and I was like, how long is this going to take? And they says, we're waiting on the pilot because he's up in the air right now. Long story short, four delays, two more um, uh, gate changes. And by 6.30, I think it was, we finally got in the air that night landed like at 8.30 that night, myself and one other guy from Arkansas ran straight to the car rental place because we landed like at 8.30. Car rental was closing at 9, so we had to get our cars. Then we went back and got our luggage. So it was traveling. I got to the hotel about 10.30 that night. Um, so, hey, it was, it was not a fun travel. But coming home, man, it was easy breezy. That's kind of how it goes when you get on a plane to go somewhere. I know it's a long drive, and you can spend two days getting tired out, or you can sit in an airport for six hours and age yourself six years uh, just trying to stress about things you can't control. And it's kind of like breaking a clean shot. You know, you just got to do what you can do and stay in the pocket (laughs) and just just have a little bit of trust, have a little bit of faith, have a little bit of confidence, and you just let it settle down and go because you're not flying the plane. All you got to do is sit there and do what you know how to do. But uh, I, I know everybody else was probably in the same in the same boat as you because I I got all your texts. I thought you just wasn't going to make it. I mean, you told me you were just discontent to get home once you got there as you were to the tournament. So we'll see. You know? Yeah after that last delay and it was like six o'clock and still in Chicago and the tire on the uh, plane didn't pass inspection. That was the last delay. And they had to literally change out the tire. And I thought to myself, well, if they close down the airport and don't get us out, I, I, I knew at eight o'clock that night, I've already had already checked. There was a return flight from Chicago going to Oklahoma city. I was ready to just turn and say, send me home. I wasn't going to try and c- come in at nine, nine thirty Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry, Friday morning and still shoot at noon. Um, Cause I'd already been a, gotten a hold of Lancaster and they only had one line, one open spot on the four o'clock line. So I that knew was that what I was going to that's what I was going to ask next is if you get a hold of one of these tournaments and you're saying, Hey, we're snowed in or there's fog on the airplane. We can't land, uh, or fog on the runway rather. Um, can, can you guys work it out? So that, that is good to know. They said, we've got one left and you know, yeah. I, I know there's a bunch of people in that, in that situation. So good on them for being, you know, willing to work with your, uh, unstable travel abilities. 
Lancaster was great. The gentleman I spoke with um, told me, he sent me an email. He asked for my email and said, this is my personal phone number. My deal, he says, if you hear it any time tonight, you can't make it tomorrow, you call me. And he says, this way, if there's still that spot, he said, I'll get it for you. But he says, I can't hold it. I, and I wouldn't expect that. But man, he was great to work with. Um, and once I got there and I was, I was signing up, um, checking in, um, Friday morning, I looked him up and shook his hand and told him thanks. I thought that was really great of him to do that. So, yeah, hats, hats off to the Lancaster people. Some of the other tournaments are not as flexible when you have inclement weather and other things of the sort. So, we won't say anything specific and we wouldn't say anything negative about anybody, but hats off to, to Lancaster for working around people because this, y'all, this is a hobby. This is not a day job for 98% of the people there. You know, it don't matter how good you shoot, you're still going to go to work on Monday. Um, yep. Unless you, you know, unless you show up out of nowhere and win the thing and, you know, you get to send your boss that email says, well, you're never going to see me again. Good, <laughs> good luck. Good, good luck doing it on your own. I'm, I'm going pro. Um, but there's y'all, that's just not a, that's not a realistic expectation. So everybody calm down. Don't quit your job before you go to Vegas. If you go out there and shoot a 900 with, you know, 80 something X's, maybe, maybe go ahead and tell your boss you quit. That's you have, you have Dave and I's blessing to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the shoot itself. Um, long story short, my baggage made it, my bow made it. And I was, I just couldn't believe it, but still, um, you shot at the eight o'clock line, correct? Yeah, we got in Thursday night, uh, drove about an hour 15 from where we were staying. I got some friends up in the area, shot a couple, maybe a half game, eight or nine ends at the most, just made sure the bow was doing good. Everything was hitting behind the pin, you know, check for some rattles or, or it, it rattles on its own. Um, anybody's seen my indoor bow this year, it's got a strange sound that comes off of it. Uh, more on that later. We, uh, so, Got there Thursday night, drove an hour and 15 minutes up there, shot a half a game. Everything was good. Put my bow in bow storage and uh, headed home for the night and back at 8 a.m. So we left about 6, 6, 6.30, somewhere in there. Got there, you know, 7, 7.30, shot a few practice ins in the morning. And off we were to the uh, very first Lancaster Classic shoot. And it was as expected. It is the coolest indoor facility that you you walk in there and it's it's giant i can't describe how huge this venue is they've got indoor soccer and tennis and rock climbing walls and a full arcade three practice rooms two giant lines and i, I think they if they moved where the vendors were they could have another you know probably another 500 to a thousand and accommodate them without moving anything around it is yeah, the facility itself is huge. I think there's two indoor soccer fields. There's probably a dozen basketball courts over there on that other side, tennis courts. There, I have never seen another indoor sports complex like this. Restaurants, hotels built inside this joint. It is cool. So do you have a good group of people you shot with? Yeah, I did. I had a I had a buddy that he'd just been shooting. Uh, he was one bail over. He's been shooting about six months for his uh, his uh, his buddy passed away, and he said, "This is my kudos to him. I'm going to shoot some indoor." And man, he had a heck of a day. His name was uh, Clinton Tiger, and I think every time we got on the line, I said, "Go get him, Tiger." 
and it was funny for about the first three and we're about seven or eight ends later it's like i better give him a break and uh just could just couldn't do it and everybody on my bail was pretty 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 cool we had uh had some guys uh, had had one lady with us um shot really good everybody everybody was good i somebody called and two people scored and i just stood back there kind of taking it all in um didn't have to didn't have to argue for any arrow calls really didn't even look at where they landed it when it was time to pull i just kind of you know gotta gotta grease your arrows it was pretty nice of lancaster to give you a tube of grease uh because those bales are pretty stiff uh when you get out to the outside of them and me being extra smart i was like oh that's cool of them i'll put that in my suitcase so it doesn't leak in my quiver didn't take it to the chute so they gave you a tube of grease and then i went and left it at the house um so i had to borrow some borrow some uh what was that stuff uh uh red uh woody's woody's arrow lube and uh Got got them greased up. Have never had to grease an arrow for indoor, but that's definitely something y'all can expect. And they had it in the little giveaway bag, so you know, don't be like me and leave it at the house thinking it's going to leak everywhere. I'm always worried those things are going to leak in my quiver, and you know, I'm going to leave a trail that back down and back all all 20 yards long. So I never carry them unless I know I need them. And boy, we needed it this weekend. So there's your free advice for Lancaster next year. Leave the arrow grease they give you in your quiver. They give you that for a reason. Yeah. Um, What'd you think of the difference in the rules? Um, Did you catch why they had you number your targets in the order you were shoot them? I'd never had to do that before, but I did put, you know, I shoot the top first and bottom left second and bottom right third. So you put your little pin mark on there. Um, no, no big deal, but I, I do understand why they do it for who, who drops in it, who drops a point first. Um, they also don't let you fix your holes on your indoor target, but you do change it. Mandatory target change every five ends. <clears throat> so you do go through some paper. I said, man, I haven't even got the X war out of this one yet. Well, I could shoot this thing for, you know, 20 ends and probably not have to not have to call a line anywhere in there. But a um, little different, a little different format. They let you swipe over it. They don't let you put your hand behind the paper. So that is uh, a little different than anywhere else. But scoring X's as 11s is pretty cool. You know, there's not that pressure of don't shoot a nine, don't shoot a nine, don't shoot a nine. First arrow out of the gate, shot a nine. And, you know, it, it happens on the Vegas base. It's a, it's a little target, um, but you make up some points on your X's. So I think I shot a 601, which would have been a couple of 290 games with 10 and 11 X. Not super stellar, but that's pretty much what my average has been. It's kind of been how I've been shooting in the indoor, low, low to mid 90s. Um, so shot a 601, shot more X's than points I dropped. I was happy about that. Missed the cut by about 39 points. So in the open mail division, the cut was 640, which if you're if you're not familiar with 640 is back-to-back 320x games. So not dropping a single point, shooting back-to-back 300s with 20x's each. And that is some shooting for the uh, for the regular old non-professional adult male class. That's that's pretty stiff. Um, that's pretty stellar. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's that's some shooting. So, and, you know, there's there's all these killers that shoot indoor that nobody knows about. And you get to these big tournaments and they come out of the woodworks and it's like they're clean, they're polished, they're ready to go. And you go out there and shoot your average. You know, you might shoot above it. You might shoot below it at a big shoot. You know, a lot of times it's going to be a little lower than you than you shoot at home just because you're you're nerved up. You might be tired from traveling. Um, don't overthink it. You know, just get out there. It's the same 20 yards. It's the same sized same sized x-ring you're shooting at so just 
focus on your shot and execute. Um, it was a, it was a fantastic tournament. If you guys haven't been to it, I would very, very highly recommend, you know, don't make it a bucket list thing. Don't be like all these guys that are like, I'll go one of these years, get out there and go, you know, go. And it don't matter if you're shooting, you know, three hundreds or two ninety two and eight, you know, if, if, if you feel like archery is going to be a, a fun thing for you, you got to go, you got to go to the dance and it don't matter if you got a partner or not. Um, it's kind of just one of those things you just don't want to miss. And, and, I'd say the only way you're going to, you know, the only way you're going to be ready and, and act like you've been there is to go. So don't wait till your indoor scores are so impressive that you just tickled with yourself. Go when you're having a bad time, go when you're having a bad year. Cause one of these days you're going to shoot the best you've ever shot and you owe it to yourself and, and you owe it to your competition to make sure that you're on the line somewhere big you know it, it, you could shoot a 330x game in your garage and there's nobody there to see it and you post a picture of it and you get 500 likes on facebook but you know doesn't matter you got to go and there's there's all kinds of people that wouldn't have made the cut had some of our you know our local killers have gone you know jeremy balderama down there shooting 652 x's yesterday i think he would have made he would have made that cut without breaking a sweat you know and that's just one more one more guy that got in that might not have so yeah yo yo it to yourself to go you don't have to be uber competitive because keep in mind you're only competing against yourself you know it's you versus you you cannot play defense in archery maybe in 3d if you if you donut hold the 12 ring you can play a little defense that way but on an indoor it's only your arrows down there so Get out there and, you know, get out there and, and chase the dragon, you know, battle the demons. I know I know a lot of people kind of get to where they, they might fall into a slump or, you know, they might kind of have an injury and say, you know, my shoulder's not up to it or my mental game's not up to it right now. But go out there and send it, you know. Yeah, I'm with you there. Let's see. You shot at noon. I was standing back there. I got to watch, oh, I'd say the last four or five ends of your shoot because I shot at the noon line and I was just a couple over from you. So we were kind of in the, in the same area, got to talk with your wifey and um, your friend. I didn't catch her name. She was there. Stacia as our, our host. Stacia. Our, Stacia. Okay. I, they, they, yeah. They used to live in Oklahoma and uh, used to, used to room with them back in, uh, I'll see, this would have been 2000. 15 16 17 somewhere in there and they've got a their families from pennsylvania they got a christmas tree farm up there and they said we're about 40 minutes from lancaster won't you just stay with us i didn't realize that Mannheim, pennsylvania is on the far side of lancaster so it was actually about an hour and 10 hour 15 so we was Mm. driving back and forth every day um it was a it was a great time i would i would recommend staying on site if you're able to the day before you the day before you shoot, you don't want to get up and travel any more than you have to, especially if you spent all day in an airport the day before. So there is some advantage to being there. Um, you know, leave, leave your bow 15 feet from where you're going to be shooting. I went up. I didn't actually pay for bow storage on it. And I got there that night on Thursday and I said, is it too late to pay for bow storage? They said, yeah, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. Just dump your stuff in here. So I left the bow and the quiver and all the good, all the goodies in there and uh, just one less thing to carry in in the morning, you know, keep yourself, keep yourself calm, keep yourself ready to go. And, uh, it, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a blow up. I had a couple of eights that I wish I had back. And, you know, some of my nines were a little further out than I'd like them to be, but we're, 
you know, we're pushing, we're pulling, we're staring at the middle. There's no, it doesn't matter if you're at Vegas, Lancaster, or your own local range. It's the same, it's the same shot process and just let the bow settle down and do its thing and you get out of the way, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't rip it and grip it and, and don't push so much that it, you know, shoots your partner, shoot your, shoot your neighbor's bail or something like that. So all my arrows landed in my target and that's about all I can ask for. Yeah, I, I seen a couple on our line. They were down to the uh, left of me, one tinked off the ground and back up, and someone shot the uh, drape back behind it down on the other end. I seen that, and dude, that happens. That's 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 the game. That's it's what everybody does. Heck, I've put I've put them in the wall before when I was having some major struggle issues. It, it is what it is. I shot at noon. We got started a little late because you guys wanted to take your time and shoot. And <laughs> but now there was, lot, there was some makeup arrows, so so everything ran a little low, long on you guys. But I got up that morning, went and ate breakfast. Um, when I, I shot three, maybe four ends up on the practice bales. That's all I shot because, uh, yeah, I knew I had a long day ahead of me, and I didn't want to shoot a lot. And I, I picked a release. I went up with a game plan. I was, I, I, for the last 10 days, two weeks, I've been shooting a back tension one end and then my button the next and then back to my back. I've been back and forth every single end and it, it, it's done me well. And so I, I chose one up there and I stuck with it. And man, I'm so glad I did. I learned so much and I felt like I exercised the demons from my head. Uh, it was a win for me. Um, I, I shot a six fifteen. I was tied for the cut for the pl- uh, shoot off. And then I ended up dropping five points below it with the last line raised, raised the bar a little bit. So I missed it myself, but I, I, you was talking about hitting your own target. I had a couple of people talk to me. It's like, well, all those faces up there, how, how do you know which ones to hit? And I will admit, I shot the top target first. So by the time I'm getting there, there should be arrows all the way across the bottom. So at least on my side, I know where I'm at. And I will admit, whenever we flipped and I went to the bottom, the first time up, uh, the gentleman that was right to the uh, right of me and the young lady is to the left of me, they we they pulled their their bows back. I'd say five seconds before I did. Their shots went off before mine did, and I literally remember going, "Well, there's Jazza. He just shot. There's her. She shot. Neither one of them hit the face that I'm looking at. That must be my target. So I shot. <laughs> so yeah. after that, you got holes in it. I can, you can look at your own holes and know where you should be. But I did. I thought that same thing. Well, that's not my target. Well, that's not my target. Okay, good. I'll shoot this one. And dude, that's that's how I, I did. It, it it is a it, it's very nerve wracking to be down there when you switch at the turn. Uh, you know, they shoot ten ends on the bottom, switch ten ends to the top, or vice versa. So it's it's two games back to back, and there is not time for a bathroom break in between. So if you need to go hit the facilities, you better you better get your arrows back or tell your, tell your bailmates to give, get them for you. And you better hustle just a little bit. Cause I was like, Oh, they take a 10 or 15 minute break. They say no break. Here's 10 
flip the targets. Here's the next 10. So they're, yeah. they are moving you pretty quick. If you got to, if you need to know where the restroom is, you know, if you're trying to hydrate, you know, trying not to get dehydrated when you're out on the road, that is definitely something to, uh, to think about, you know, plan your, plan your bathroom breaks when you can, or wait till somebody's shooting a makeup arrow. Cause we had, a, we had a lot of guys on that 8am line shooting makeup arrows, either having, um, having breakdowns or having some kind of, some kind of something where they were shooting, shooting uh in between ends just to keep them caught up so that was kind of interesting to see i hadn't seen that before at a big tournament um they'd hold the whole line and let one guy shoot three airs and his group would go down score and so you do have a little bit of time to kind of rest and get off your feet let your eyes take a break um you know run to run bathroom get you a bottle of water something like that so um it was it was a it was a fantastic trip. All the all the travel woes aside, you know, you always worry that your bow's not going to show up, or it shows up in pieces, or you know, your sights kicked over sideways, or something like that. Um, did you uh, did you zip tie your bow string and cables like you normally do? Yes, yes, I did. Going out, I did, and ah. there was no issues. Um, coming back, I decided, you know, I'm not worrying about it. I didn't want to fight with it. And coming back, when I opened up my bow case, I had that little letter from the um, government saying, uh, "We here's your official notice that we opened and inspected your your equipment, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, nothing happened to it. But, yeah, I did have one of them. The reason we say that, y'all, if you're not familiar, TSA opens up your bow. And if you see a bow, you want to click on the sights and you want to turn the knobs and the dials and try to pull it back and you know, they'll dry fire your bow. So take you some zip ties, about two or three of them, zip tie your string to your cable so it can't be pulled back, can't be dry fired. Now, another way you could solve this problem is by pulling more than 37 pounds because they can't <laughs> pull, they can't pull my bow. And I know, I know that because it's sitting at like 62 and a third as far as draw weight goes. So if they can get it back, just go ahead and dry fire it. But if you're shooting between 37 and 39 pounds, 33 and a quarter. Yeah. Uh, you popped in and out, but you're back real quick. That was crazy. Yeah. On my bail, um, I had a great bail. Um, a gentleman, I would guess about 46, 47 years old, a young man, I would say 21 and a girl about the same age. Well, I know she was probably just a little younger. She was a freshman in college. Um, she was from the Netherlands and over here shooting, and going to school in New York. Yeah. And I thought, what brought, how'd you find this college in New York? And she says, it's uh, it's an artsy type college, but she shot over there. So she brought her equipment and still shooting. But I did the same thing you did. Uh, the young, the older guy was calling them. And then the two younger ones were keeping score. So I was the official paper getter. If someone needed a new target, I was the man. I, my job was to keep the, the, the paper up on the targets when needed. And by George, I, I, I succeeded in f fulfilling my duties. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you don't, you don't have to do anything. I, I tell them, I don't mind calling. You ain't going to like it. I don't mind scoring. Uh, my handwriting's bad. I like the electronic ones, but if you want me to keep the paper one, that's, that's fine too. I'll do anything. And if you tell them that you'll usually end up being the fourth and standing back behind there. And that's all, that's all good. You just gotta, cause we had the, we had the live stream camera right up top. So everybody I know in the entire world that watches, you know, live archery coverage, 
which it's out there. It's on the website. Y'all can see my line. I'm sitting there big white as a billboard wearing my Oki land bow hunters pro shop Jersey. So shout out to shout out to Bryn for keeping us, uh, keeping us in good apparel. And, uh, I said, I've been working on getting this wide just to have that logo across my stomach and my back. So I make a pretty good billboard. Um, it's, uh, I had people texting me pictures. Let me say, you're on TV. I turn around and just wave at the camera and say, hi, mom. That's all you got to, you know, everybody wants to see it. Even people that, you know, we brought people up that had never seen, you know, any type of competitive archery. And they're like, oh, my God, this is this is intense there's a lot of people here and i was like yeah and they're all just hoping they don't have that one bad arrow because you see you have a little wild one get loose on you and might be might cost you the weekend but we had a lot of we had a lot of okies have a pretty good weekend uh, we had some we had some podcast alumni make it to the qualification brackets uh mr chad hilburn rolled in sitting at number one seed um had a heck of a qualifying thing and Ran into the hammer, Mr. Tim Gillingham himself in the first bracket. And, and when you're up against Tim, you know, you got your work cut out for you. So, you know, shout out to Chad representing the G2 and Dart and Archery. He put on a clinic. He's been shooting great. And it just goes to show you guys it's it's any dog on any day. You know, that's why you got to get out there and do it because the only way you're going to lose is if you stay home. Uh, I know Matt Hudson we just had on Barebow Matt. Uh, I think he qualified fourth or fifth um had a tough had a tough bracket right out of the break um went down right after that and uh see young fella had on our second podcast chris edwards i think he was one point off the podium in the collegiate side i think he ended up fourth or fifth um i think i think he said fifth so top five in you know the nation or the world and you got these you know they might be senior master senior they might be not 21 yet you got all kinds of okies out there that are um putting up good scores and, and, and going and shooting their bow like they know how to on the world's biggest stage. So I uh, apologize if I miss anybody else. I know there was a, I know there was a bunch of other people from Oklahoma there, but um, you know, it just goes to show you, we had, had one guy from, from Texas that um, a buddy of mine said, is anybody going from Pencil or Philadelphia to Lancaster? Could you pick this fellow named Ryan up? And he missed his first flight and his ride had already left to get to the tournament from the airport. And I said, yeah, we're landing here in 30 minutes. So take him up, take him wherever. And didn't end up needing a ride, but he made it in the open men's, I think, all the way to fifth or fourth. You know, kid named uh, was Ryan. I want to say not well, it started with an H, but he's wearing it. You go watch the open mail shoot off. He's got a he's got a big Texas logo on his jersey. He almost didn't make the tournament made it broke made it all the way through brackets and he was shooting on sunday you know standing up there on the stage hitting that 12 ring button so the, uh, the moral of your story is you need to be a guest on this show so that you can make it <laughs> that's basically what i'm saying is you come talk to the oklahoma archery guys for an hour or two and that virtually guarantees you break, breaking out of qualifying dave's over here struggling to drink water <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we had a lot of people, we had a lot of people that we know, um, shoot some really good scores and, you know, you gotta, you want to be there Sunday to root for, you know, some people, you know, but there's a lot of first, first timers up there it, across a lot of divisions, you know, it might be, you got your names that you know are going to break and you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to be relevant and you got some guys that no one's ever heard of that are just up there making it look easy. So there's there's killers out there that you don't know their name you don't know who they shoot for or anything else like that 
and they're going to come out and make a, a heck of a showing. It could be, could be anybody at any time. So the same, the same thing's true for looking at the pros, you know, you see all these guys that shoot 329 X's all day long, not make it past the first or second qualifying bracket. That's, it's exciting. Uh, it, it might not be exciting for everybody else that doesn't know them and follow them. And, hey, I know that guy or, hey, I shot against him. But you see some people, you know, and all of a sudden you got somebody to root for. You know, it's it, it's hard to, you know, hard to pick somebody that you want to win. But if you shared a shared them on a bale or you shot 3D with them or something or you met them down in Texas at the outdoor tournament, like, hey, I know that guy. I hope he does good. So you can find yeah. somebody to somebody to root for. Well, let's set the stage a little bit to give everybody an idea of what the thing looks like from our prospect, our aspect walking in. You're walking into this ungodly sized building. It's 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 bigger than a um, uh, a, a mall. Is what well. it's huge. Well, they got the giant hallway out front, and that's where you re- register, check in. That's they got their gift shop basically there. And you kind of go around a corner and man, there it hits you. There is all these shooting lanes. I don't even know what a hundred and fifty maybe on one side. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, then, they had one one long side had at least probably a hundred and twenty and probably another eighty to a hundred on the other side. And then yeah. the rest of it was filled up with the uh vendor booths. Now, if you haven't been and everybody back home says, "Hey, can you pick me up some, you know, some veins or some some not or some pin bushings for Ultra Twenty Three at the Lancaster tournament?" The only vendor that is able to sell is Lancaster. Every other booth is just an exhibition booth only. I didn't know that, so I went to the Lancaster trailer looking for some bushings for a buddy, and they said, "No, oh, we don't have them." It's like it's okay. I'll stop by the booth. They might have them there, and they kind of looked at me strange. And I could tell that something wasn't exactly right, but they weren't they they weren't saying what it was. Well, the rest of the vendors are exhibition only. They're not there to sell anything because you're 20 minutes from the biggest archery store in the world. So don't go up there and expect to buy anything from anyone except the Lancaster trailer. That it's set up that way for a reason. Um, and and the trailers there on site. It's inside the facilities yep. with you. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Anything you need, if your bow breaks or your sight has a screw come loose, they can fix anything except a weak mental game. And that, for that, <laughs> you're, you're you're on your own in the middle of the ocean with that one. It's just you and nobody else. So anything short of having a a, a mental lapse or a uh, you know have a mental midget moment, as I call them, uh, I have to edit that out. Not very PC, but uh, if you have one of those, you know, if you get the yips, that's the only thing they can't sell you something to fix. Did you make it over to the actual Lancaster shop? I did not. Okay. I did not. I uh, didn't have anything I needed, and I plan on going back next year. So if it's something where we're a little closer to it and we have a bit of extra time, you know, we were we were seeing friends up there that we hadn't seen in a couple years, and I'd already drug them out to watch me shoot for four hours. They're like, is it going to be like this the whole time, just back and forth over and over? And I was like, yeah, isn't it awesome? And they're like, oh, man, this is <laughs> This is terrible because they didn't have phone reception in the building. I had great phone reception, but a, a building that size, it's all steel and concrete. Your cell phone might not work real good. So they're sitting over there, you know, trying to scroll Facebook and don't have enough phone signal to do it. And uh, that's a little bit of a make a little bit of a long morning if you make them get up at 6 a.m. and drive you an hour and a half to the shoot. 
Yeah, and if you're going and you miss the facility itself practice range, the Lancaster's range is open 24 hours a day during the tournament. So you can go over there at 1 o'clock in the morning and sight in if you're fixing stuff. So keep that in mind also. Um, That's good advice. Yeah, you can you can walk in anytime over there. They they do leave the doors open for for that reason. Uh, let's see, the shop itself is cool. You walk in, go upstairs, and if you're wanting to purchase or get equipment worked on, you answer. There's like an iPad right by the front door, and you sign up on this iPad and put what you're wanting done. Let's say tie a peep in or or to cut arrows or whatever. Then when you get up there, there's a scrolling TV screens throughout the shop that tells who's in next in line, who's coming up. Um, and then how they've got it set up is their employees are um, trained and have been given a checkoff list. So if they're not, if they can't do a complete bow tune, your name won't pop up for them. But if they can at least cut arrows, well, the first available one that is qualified to cut arrows um, there, so you know who to go up and ask for when your time comes. So it's kind of a neat system they got going. And then walking around the shop, um, I don't know. It, it's cool. It's neat, and they got everything you can imagine. But it's still a bow shop. That's that's the best way I can describe it. Is it's it's still just a bow shop. It it is truly a sight to behold. Uh, and you guys, everybody gets nervous about putting your bow on a plane. You see those baggage handlers, chuck it. 10 feet in the air comes down on the side it, it makes you nervous don't worry everybody there you know you can get your sight re-leveled you can you know god forbid i had my uh my limb pad for the bottom of my hamski it sometimes slips you know and i when you pack your suitcase in there with stuff on it you know i put i put a bunch of clothes in my bow case just to um uh, soften the blow basically for lack of a better term I got there in my hamski cord and just just rode up just a little bit. It wasn't quite as tight. I had had me a whole roll of gorilla glue, double sided tape. Uh, you know, break that thing loose, switch it out, take a little alcohol. You got time and you got people there that can help you. You know, there's bow presses and draw boards. Anything you need is within 15, 20 minutes. Because if Chris or Bryn, if Chris Sanders or Bryn's not there, I'm dead in the water. I mean, so, somebody. <laughs> So, somebody come help me. I, you know, I was sitting there taking a, uh, taking a lighter to the fuzzy spots on my D loop, trying to get it to, uh, not look like it was about to break loose. And, uh, you know, it's just those last minute things that, you know, it's going to go, it's going to go wrong at the wrong, at the exact wrong moment. You know, if it can break, it will it's Murphy's law, something that can go wrong will. So take stuff, you know, you don't have to take a whole bow shop. You don't have to take your whole, your whole toolbox, but anything that moves on it, Take extra D-loop material, take extra sticky tape, take extra blade or extra hamski, anything that can break will. And if they don't have it there, you know, Lancaster's 20 minutes away. So just try to do everything you can to, if it moves or if it has any wiggle room or anything like that on it, you need to have an extra. You know, I've got two or three hamski springs anytime. If that bow falls over and catches on something, that spring goes south and I got two or three of them. And they're not just for me. It's for anybody I know. You know, you come find me and say, give me that little little hamski box with the extra screw in it or with the extra spring or the extra limb clamp pad. 
we can put you back together. Nobody, nobody at this tournament wants to beat you based on your inability to shoot. They want to beat you based on being the better archer. And I think that's one of the best things about the archery community is, you know, Chris Sanders says it best. I'll tune your bow exactly. I'll spend all day with you doing it. At the end, you still have to shoot against me. It's still you versus me at the end. So I want you to be as good as you can. So when I beat you, you don't have any excuses to say, hey, my rest wasn't tuned or my third axis was off or whatever the case may be. I know it's not 3D season yet, so we don't have a lot of excuses coming out, um, but it's coming up. It's coming up pretty quick. So y'all y'all get your extra parts and be, be as prepared as you can. Yeah. And not going to cut the Lancaster talk short or nothing, but there's another one coming up right now you're about to leave for. So what do you got coming up? Oh, I got a, I got a mess coming up is what I got. I got them. We're, we're headed to Vegas tomorrow night. I shoot Friday at noon. So today's Wednesday. I'll leave Thursday at 8 PM shoot Friday at noon, Saturday at seven and hopefully Sunday at any time. That's not 7 AM. You know, depending on where you break at Vegas, the earlier you shoot, the worse you did. So kind of hoping that, uh, you know, we might get to sleep in Sunday morning a little bit, but turn around back to back weeks, sitting in an airport, hoping somebody's not throwing my bow into the bottom of the plane. <laughs> so you're flying to Vegas. Um, let's see, you shoot Friday, Saturday and Sunday, right? Isn't it a, you shoot 30 a day, right? 30 a day. First two for for brackets and then they'll put you into flights based on where you break and then that's where you get you a chance to make your money um y'all don't be out there dogging the first two days shoot your best score it don't matter if you end up in the second flight or the 22nd flight you know everybody's got a chance to win some money and don't turn around and give it to the blackjack dealers because they'll take it they'll take it right back from you um but yeah we're uh, we're going to vegas and we're going with a brand new bow setup we uh and I, I am just like Dave. I have torn, rebuilt it, unfortunately. Um, kind of last minute kind of thing. And uh, you still hear me okay? Yeah, there you I go. I look down. Uh, can you? There you go. Sorry, I had a call. Look down at, when I got home and just didn't like the way my D loop was wearing. I might have a burr on my release somewhere. So I decided I was going to take it off and tie me a new one on shout out to Josh Jacobson for making fun of me for never tying my own D loop. So I did it. So ha ha, I put it on the drawboard and cinched that D loop down and it's just a skosh shorter because I've, uh, I was moving too much in my hand trying to keep that thing rolling you know if anybody out there is familiar with joel turner you know once you get to that that click or once you get set you keep that hand rolling what i'd found in the last couple times i've been shooting is i was pulling myself out of my peep sight and um anybody out there knows sly cooper came over uh check my heater so it's non-archery related service call he's a uh, cooper heating and air if anybody out there needs a uh, heat and ac guy he's 100 percent who you want so i was waiting on him to come check my heater because apparently it blew another fuse or something like that and i was telling him kind of what was happening he goes well, let's go in here your archery and let's, i'm gonna watch you blank bail a little bit and all season long, I've been trying to work on my shot timing. I'm trying to not get to that 14, 15, 16 second thing. I'm trying to get in it and get it gone. And the, the effort I was putting in keeping that hand moving was pulling me out of my peep sight. So he took one or two looks at me and said, you need to be pinching your shoulder blades together. You need to be expanding through that shot. So long story short, I got back and 
you know, D loops a little bit shorter just so I can kind of get it to break a little bit easier and uh, put it on the drawboard. Ended up having a little bit of a timing issue. Might have been an eighth or a 16 inch out on my bottom cam. So timed that up, got it hitting symmetrical again, pulled the bow back and said, okay, this is, this holds a lot better. So y'all check your, check your timing periodically. Cause I must've shot thousands of arrows on these sets of strings and I put them on and, and you shot a few and timed it and never looked at it again. Well, the eighth inch out, you know, bottom cam was a, well, quite a bit slow. So put two and a half, three twists in it, got them symmetrical again, pulled it back and said, wow, this is, this is holding a lot better. What it ended up happening is because I'm, I'm activating that release with my back muscles more than just pulling with my hand. I got a lot of left and right sway. So instead of running the super light indoor bars, I went ahead and put my 3D bars on there. They're about five ounces heavier and one ounce heavier on the riser. So I've added six ounces to my bow just because the way I'm making the shots break now, it needs a little bit of extra stability when you're moving in your back versus moving in your hand. And I don't recommend changing anything this close to a, a big tournament but if it's if wrong fix it man if it's wrong if it's, if it's wrong fix it if you're leaving across the country tomorrow dave bosca has given you his blessing to tear your bow apart you can tear it down to the axles take the limbs off switch them around do whatever you need to make it right because of some somebody once told me it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter what the bow needed yesterday it matters what the bow needs today how how strong are you how's your muscles doing if, if your bow was heavy before and you shot 3,000 arrows, you're probably a little bit stronger. It might be time to uh, put some more weight on it. Uh, just what, is it, what does it need? Don't be afraid to make those changes on the fly. It, it, you just got to, at the end of the day, you've got to trust the bow. Yeah, we're not saying go to Mikey Slusher weight here. We're talking oh, no. one to two ounces. Yeah, there's a difference yeah. there. I went from three on the front of a 33-inch bar to eight on a 28 inch bar so i i get i lost five inches of length but i added five ounces of weight the pivot point stays the same in the hand uh the back bar was 17 and two-thirds it was that a uh, godly looking purple mass where i had third ounce weight stacked about 11 inches deep uh buddy josh calls it the french tickler that the uh, the French tickler has officially been retired. I got a normal looking back bar with 18 ounces on the back, eight on the front. And uh, I think we'd put two on the riser. I took it down to one um, and added, well, we subtracted some weight from some uh, limb stoppers I had jammed in my riser. So the bars are different. The weights are different. The length is different. The D loops different. The timing is different. We've done everything but shoot left-handed uh, going into the going into the, the week of Vegas. And you know the way I'm the way I'm making my shots go is trying to not bind up. And, and I'm going to paraphrase kind of what Sly said because if anybody's seen him shoot, the dude knows what he's doing. We are all actively trying to coax him out of retirement because he's he's that good and he's a lot of fun to shoot with. So anybody out there knows Sly Cooper, send him a message. Say Neil's not going to quit harassing you till you shoot your indoor bow, uh, shoot your outdoor bow. You know we're trying to get him back into it. But he says when you're when you're activating your your right hand when you're shooting the hinge. When you get nerved up, it's going to be harder to do that with consistency. So get into it, get feel your pressures, center your peep, get to the click, and start ramping up those RPMs. You know, if we're, if we're talking about your pressure into your push and pull, get that RPM up to five, six, seven, eight, nine, and once it's in the red, it needs to break, and you're 
pinching your shoulder blades and expanding your back through that shot. And it's going to be a good surprise shot and it's going to be a strong shot. Hopefully you're not losing pressures where you dip high and low, where if it's a left and right, it's more of a form and a balance thing. That's probably how Dave would say it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Nope. You're right. So if you're getting those dips high and low, it's just because you're leaking pressure. And if you're leaking pressure, it shows that you're hesitant and where that pin is. It's just stare at the middle. Don't stare at your pin and just grip it and rip it, baby. That's all it is. I mean, <laughs> it don't it don't matter if it's a if it's a coyote at 45 yards on an ASA or if it's a little tiny dime sized X ring at 20 yards. You got to shoot with confidence. You have to execute and trust the process. So. Everybody out there has got that little demon at full draw that says, oh, maybe that's not it. And when you're thinking about that, you're not maintaining pressure. You're leaking it on the front or the back end, and you're going to have those bobs and those dips and those, you know, high and low. But you just got to shoot shoot confident, you know. You're the best person that's shot your bow. Well, we've got 48 minutes into this, and it's been all indoor. We'll give you five minutes to talk about ASA 3D. <laughs> What's new on that front? Oh, we got, as soon as we get back, we, uh, Trosper's doing their, they've started their league, starts at uh, 1 p.m. on Sundays, runs all the way through April. It's like $45 if you're not a member, 35 if you are. Um, contact Sid Reed on that one. So every Sunday at Trosper, they're shooting ASAs. Next weekend, the week after Vegas, uh, ASA Oklahoma kicks off. We are doing it at Trosper. They wanted an early range because they, they clear the lanes early for league. So they say, let's throw our qualifier in there too. So, uh, everybody keep your fingers crossed for good weather. Show up at Trosper next Saturday and Sunday. It's either the 9th and 10th or 10th and 11th. That's going to be our kickoff for our first qualifier. Um, if you're not inclined to shoot foam that weekend, you can also go down and shoot the Texas ringer. That is also the weekend after Vegas. So our good buddy, Scott Booth puts that on down there. Um, it's, it's a wickedly cool format, five spot shooting seven, six, five, four, all the way out. Um, inside out X is B seven catching line six, five's a five, four's a four, just like the regular blue face. So if you still have that indoor bug, don't forget about the Texas ringer. Um, that's a cool one. I know my buddy, my buddy Larry is down there practicing for it right now. He was putting some skinny arrows together to try to miss the inside line. He goes, all the heck with it. I'm just going to shoot my 25s. If it catches line, it's still a six. So, um, you got a lot of people putting skinny arrows together to try to shoot inside out, uh, blue face X rings. So ASA is getting ready to roll. Um, I need to be sending out some more emails for the club packets. If you haven't got your packets off to nationals, please do that so I can send you the rest of the paperwork. Um, they separated them up into two emails for a reason. Um, and I can't send that until you send off whatever's gone to nationals. So if you have questions, let me know. I probably have questions I need answered as well. So let's figure it out together. Um, one big thing I want to point out to clubs is that originally the nationals had said they were going to provide medals for, uh, the youth and, and younger shooters. They've since changed their mind. It is still the club's responsibilities to provide. It doesn't have to be medals, trophies could be a certain, you have to have something to give away to the, the younger, the younger shooters. Um, so there is, I think, they've given you back $2 out of every, uh, every youth entry to help cover that as well as whatever the club was getting. So their nationals is allowing extra money to go to the clubs to provide those 
uh, tro- I'll just call them trophies, prizes. Uh, that is on the clubs to provide. I have ordered a small quantity of uh, first, second, and third place medallions. So if we have anything fall through the cracks, I will bring those. You can buy them for me. They were pretty cheap from a local place called MTM uh, Trophies or MTM Recognition in Dell City. I think I got first, second, and third for, I think they're $4.20 a medal. And the back of them says Oklahoma uh, Archie Shooters Association. So really generic. Um, they don't have, you know, scores or anything like that on there. But if the if if it falls through the cracks where you, you have shooters that show up and you don't have something to give them, I went ahead and covered that. So just just know it is it is on the clubs to do but in case the message doesn't get out or anything like that i've got a few of them uh in a personal stash that just so you want to you want to make sure and do right by the kids because they're the ones that are going to say you know dad i want to go shoot another one of those or you know mom can we go to the one next weekend and the one weekend after is down in hugo so that's a little bit more of a drive time um it's the rogue archers tim Gregg's going to host our second qualifier so trosper the weekend after vegas hugo after that and then we're on to foley I guess that's that's fifty two. So that's five minutes right there. <laughs> I I wouldn't even think of that. <laughs> I was listening and just taking it all in. I was like, "Well, shit!" When you said five minutes, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the, talking with all your buddies and everything, does it sound like everybody's kind of kind of got their setups and ready to roll with it outdoors? Um, some people are starting to put them together. I know, you know. My buddy Josh Jacobs says officially declared indoor season's over, and he's only shooting outdoors now at 50, 40, and fifty yards. So yeah, some people are some people are done punching paper and they're and they're ready for the ASA. They're ready to shoot some foam, and that's that's all good. You know, I've still got uh, Vegas this weekend. I've got the indoor sectionals in two weeks, and then a couple weeks after that, we've got the state indoors. Um, see, indoor sectionals will be at. Arrowhead Archery in Dell City. Um, shout out to Jeff and Gail. They always like having sectionals there. Shoot two days. I'm shooting it Friday evening. I'm running down to Hugo to shoot the ASA. And then I'm coming back Sunday to shoot my second round for indoor sectionals. And then uh, State OSAA 3D is... It's the weekend of the first shoot at Connors State. Uh, I think it's the first, second, and third of March. I'm shooting that one Friday. They have a Friday night line, and then it's Saturday, Sunday. You only shoot one score for state, two scores for sectional. So if you want to shoot some five spot, you want to shoot some blue face, um, come on out. It's uh, The state is up at the Era Shop in Dewey at Miles and Kelly. They are taking reservations on your line time. So if you have any preference on that, just give them a call. Tell them who you are. Make sure you got your membership up to date. And, uh, you know, come come finish the indoor season out strong. It's almost over for everyone that dreads it. Um, I know I know Dave's about sick of it. He's ready to shoot some skinny arrows. I don't know about that, but. I, I don't know. I, you don't know that they're skinny or you don't know that you're ready because you got some 22 series. I don't know if they're ready. Um, no, I know they're not ready. Um, I still got some paper to punch. I got, uh, I started my, um, recovery and so I'm ready to keep going. How is the, uh, how is the, the new project that we haven't told anyone about? It's, it's working in order. Um, day one was walked away happy. We'll continue with that. There you go. We'll keep that one. We'll keep that one under wraps till you till you show it the light of day. There you go. I like that idea. 
Well, Neil, that's about all I've got. What about you, bud? Man, everybody go shoot your bow. If you want to get on the ASA banners, I've had a ton of people reach out. I think we've about got our second one filled up, maybe are working on halfway through our third. If you know anybody that wants to support our local ASA, we're, we're uh, selling advertising spaces on our state banners. Um, all you need to do is send me a check for $150 and a digital copy of your logo. We're going to have those displayed at qualifiers. We're going to have them displayed at the state championship. Um, behind the winners podiums for all the photographs and um, after state ends we'll have them hanging up in local shops so it doesn't matter if you're all the way up near Kansas or all the way down in Ardmore we'll have your logo wherever your business is located hanging in a local shop you know you can put your logo your phone number pretty much anything you want to on there and we want it just to be a means for archers to support your business and you to get that exposure um, just contact me send me a message on facebook my email's on the on the uh asa page website's got my cell phone as well you call me anytime um so if you want to get in on the banners i appreciate everybody that's reached out that's been um absolutely overwhelming with the the level of support because it's people that i'm not going and, and and doing cold calls and knocking on doors these are people that are just coming out of the woodworks and saying hey i heard there's you know a banner i want to get on it where do i send my logo um i appreciate every single one of you thank you all so much um if you have any questions just about asa or if you want to shoot some more indoor um keep that on your radar we've got the uh the shot guys are ramping up for their season so once we get to march um plan on plan on shooting some foam at long distance and if you don't if foam's not your thing yet there's still plenty of indoor between the the texas ringer and southern sectionals and state indoor so we're shooting it all we've got a bow for every one of it and a backup bow for every one of it too um you know, got a whole room full of bows that aren't set up yet. And no time to get to messing with them. But um, y'all go, y'all go shoot your bows. Um, we're doing, we're doing just about everything we can to make this fun for people. And it's not fun if the people you know aren't there. So can't have fun. I mean, you could probably have fun sitting home on your couch. I'm sure it's a good place to be. It's one of my favorite places to spend time. But I want to be out there in the sunshine looking for my arrows. So get a rake, get a metal detector. Let's go shoot some outdoor. Sounds like a plan, but everybody, we thanks. We appreciate y'all um, listening. Um, we'll do a recap when Vegas is over. Y'all take care. Bye.